Do you dread tax time because you haven't saved enough for taxes? Are you totally confused and lost about your business finances? Do you worry that you'll never be able to retire or save for your kid's college education? If you bury your head in the sand because you think you'll never be a money person, I want to let you in on a huge secret. All you need to manage your private practice finances are a simple series of skills that you can learn. After all, you already did the hard work of graduating from college, becoming a therapist, and starting your private practice. Hi, I'm Lindsay Bonham. I'm a therapist turned money coach and the creator of Money Skills for Therapists. I've helped hundreds of therapists just like you develop peace of mind about their money. I invite you to watch my free masterclass where I teach my four-step framework to get your business finances totally in order. In the masterclass, I cover the three biggest mistakes that therapists make that keep them from getting clarity on their private practice finances, the secret that most accountants don't want you to know, and why working with your mindset and emotions is essential to changing your patterns with money. This masterclass is for therapists and health practitioners who are running or about to start a private practice. It is the first step in learning about my signature course, Money Skills for Therapists. Register today with the link in the show notes to take the first step to go from money confusion, anxiety, and shame to feeling clear and empowered about your money. I look forward to supporting you. The thing is, how do I continue to drive the bus of money in my life versus letting the money drive the bus for me? Because left to its own devices, it's going to take you to all kinds of places and make you feel all kinds of ways that generally aren't good. And so that staying connected with yourself and and all of those, I mean, it's mindset, right? But that's why I love the values because it's the values give you some real concrete terms and sort of filters or lens, if you will, to look at that for yourself, for you individually, because your core values are different than mine. So the process we go through might look different, but it's going to serve us far better than if we're just, you know, chasing, chasing, chasing. Welcome to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, where we answer this question, how can therapists and health practitioners go from money shame and confusion to feeling calm and confident about their finances and get money really working for them in both their private practice and their lives? I'm your host, Lindsay Bonham, therapist turned money coach and creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my masterclass, the four-step framework to getting your business finances totally in order. As I've mentioned before on the podcast, and as I actually talk about with our guest today in a little more detail, the price for Money Skills for Therapists is going up in 2022. It's an important part of running a healthy business that takes care of you that you raise your price from time to time. I encourage all therapists, healthcare practitioners, and coaches to do this in your business as it's called for, and I'm doing it in mine too. So if you've been thinking about Money Skills for Therapists, if you're curious about the course, this is your chance to check out the masterclass, hear about my approach, hear about Money Skills for Therapists, and get into the course before the end of 2021, when the price goes up in 2022 by $700. The masterclass is your gateway into the course, so if you have missed the call, this is your last chance to check it out. We're actually going to be closing down over the holidays. Nothing's going to be happening around here. And when we start up again in January, the course will be priced $700 higher. So check out that masterclass if you're curious about money skills for therapists. 
So this is our final episode of season one. It's our 12th episode and it's a great one to wrap up our first season. We're going to be taking a break over the December holidays. This episode really connects back to so many conversations that we have had this season. It's a really grounding take on money and how to make it meaningful and make sure that money is working for you and you're not working for money. So my guest today is Michelle Hardman. Michelle is a therapist consultant. She, as I mentioned in the episode, is the only therapist consultant I know who actually has an MBA. She runs the Primed Practice. She has the Primed Practice Planner, which is a beautiful planner for therapists and private practice, but also all sorts of other kinds of helpers and healers and practitioners. And today we get into a great discussion about how connecting with your core values can really strengthen your relationship to money and your money mindset, can help you set up a business that actually supports you and make sure that the goals you're going towards are your goals, not somebody else's goals, and the value of being planful in that. This was a really inspiring conversation to have uh, with Michelle. I definitely had a lot of aha moments throughout it, and I encourage you to, to settle in and be self-reflective as Michelle talks about the value of authenticity in the work that we do and in our relationship to money. Enjoy. So Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Something, Michelle, that I, I feel like I, I need to point out to everybody up front. I don't know if you feel like this is important, but you are one of the few therapist consultants that I know in the space who has an MBA. Yeah. I'm kind of, I tell people I'm kind of a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly don't need an MBA to be, to be successful, but yeah, I did that. My first life was in human resources management for almost 16 years. And it, I've said it before, and it always feels so dumb when I say it again, but I never thought how much it would help me when I changed careers and got into private practice. And so it's been really wonderful because it's kind of helped me do some coaching and help other therapists as you do, you know, get really good at being an owner, a business yes. owner. Yes. Yeah. You have this whole developed skill set from your previous life that you yeah. then get to bring to therapists and your work with them. Yeah. It's like, it's its own toolbox, you know? And so it's, it's really great to be able to still use that and share it. Yeah, I bet. So Michelle, I wanted to start by asking you about values. I know that you're, you're a daring way facilitator. I know values are very important in that work. And I was curious for our listeners, like, I feel like sometimes our therapists and health practitioners and coaches, when we struggle with money, it can really feel like money is actually in contradiction of our values. It can feel like those are like things that are very much in conflict. Yeah, it can. I'm curious from your perspective, how, how do our values come into money, making money, money mindset, all of that? 
Yeah, it's such a great question because they're so powerful. It does feel sort of on the surface, like they can be in conflict with one another. But the magical thing is really that it's only the surface, right? Like if we dig into it, they're usually not in conflict at all. It's just that we are so unwilling (laughs) and uninterested in looking at the money mindset and looking at what it means to us and whether we have money or don't have money or if we're successful or not successful, we often don't take time to slow down and think about our core values, our two core values in relationship to money. And so it sort of spirals out of control on itself, you know, and we can slip into scarcity mentality and all these other things when really our core values, I think, are the best way to have a compass to help us navigate the money, right? But to do that, we have to be really aware, right? And have that insight around ourselves. And let's face it, when a lot of us as therapists who were not trained, you know, in the business side of the world, boy, we can really just get in fight, flight, freeze mode, you know, and just kick it under the rug and not look at it. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. And so really, and that's what makes it feel like it's so in conflict. Because really, if we do a little work around that and dig into the core values and we start to learn for ourselves, what does money mean or what does success mean? Then we can usually find where they align really well. And that's where I think the gold is in terms of, you know, your own superpower to be a successful private practice owner. Hmm. That's really interesting to me because I like, Values are something that I used to bring up actually a lot in my clinical work. And it's something that I bring up in money skills for therapists too, in being in touch with your values. But I'm, I'm curious, like for people listening, I could see the, the question being there of like, but how, what could this look like? Could you give us like an illustration of how getting in touch with our core values can help with money or help us to improve our relationship with money? Yeah. I'll give you a personal example. My two core values are authenticity and gratitude. And so I can remember when I first opened my private practice and, you know, we get those invariable cancellations (laughs) and we start to panic about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make the money that I need. How am I going to pay my rent or, you know, fill in all of the blanks because there's many, right? Especially when we're new. And I found that leveraging gratitude for me looked like and sounded like I'm a resourceful person. I know this about myself. I've always been able to pay my bills, thank goodness. And sometimes that was because I worked three jobs at one time. <laughs> you know, it wasn't fun, but I did it. And so when those cancellations would happen or, you know, something would come up unexpectedly that cost more than I was ready for, especially as a, a new private practice owner, the gratitude for me, the leveraging of gratitude was really around thank goodness I can do this. And this is what I love. And it really is what is my, what my passion is. And yeah, just kind of validating kind of like we do as therapists, right? Like, yeah, this sucks, <laughs> you know, and honoring that feeling, but I'm so grateful I can sit in this space. And I'm so grateful I have, you know, another session later today or this week and really grateful to know and sort of trust myself that, okay, if I have to go work three jobs again, I will, I don't want to, <laughs> but you've done it so, before. Right. So trying to get back into that space of gratitude is really helpful. And then the authenticity piece really helps as much or even more for me personally, because I had to think, well, I had to get real with myself about how much money do I need to make? Mm -hmm. You know, because I would slip into this. Well, let me preface this with recovering perfectionist. Um, (laughs) And 
you know, I fell so quickly into the spiral of, I got to do more. I got to do more. It's got to be better. It's got to be bigger. Oh my God. It's the worst. Yeah. You can't win. (laughs) No, it's just, it is really a losing proposition. And so the value of authenticity for me means slowing down Mm. and saying to myself, do you really need more? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Does it have to be bigger? You know, what do you really need to live with you and your family the way you want to live? I mean, I might not be chartering private jets. Lord knows I'm not right. But what does it really look like and mean for me authentically to have enough? And what is the goal that I'm shooting for? One of the things that I find when I've coached with people is that we get in that more, 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 but we've never slowed down to really say, well, how much do I actually need? Yeah. Yes. And so authenticity for me is a really great needle in the compass that sort of points me back to, Hey, you're okay. Or, Hey, yeah, you are a little short. What are some other things we can do? Who do I need to network with more? What are some actions I can take? Does that, does that help clarify that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not terribly familiar with the daring way. I mean, I obviously I know Brené Brown cause she's in the sure. water. <laughs> Uh, It's impossible not to, (laughs) right? but what I'm kind of hearing is like, there's these two core values that you're, you're talking about two values here. Yes. And I'm guessing those are the ones that are your most important, most energizing. I can absolutely see how that would be. So I want to say resilience fostering to be in touch with that. Yeah. It's so grounding, right? Because in Brene's research, one of the things that she learned was that you know, just like priorities, right? If everything is urgent priority, then nothing's really urgent because there's no differentiation. And so with values and her research, why she says you need to get it down to two core values is because if I have 10 core values, then what really is my guiding light, Mm -hmm. right? It gets so diffuse. And then we don't really have that compass, right? It just becomes blades of grass we throw in the air. (laughs) And so it's not as effective. And so I think you know, thinking about two core values is easy enough on the surface, but it's really kind of a challenge when you start to dig into it because, you know, like for me, the example I always use is I really want to encourage to be one of my core values because I think it's just so important. But as I sort of dug in for me, courage rolls into authenticity and you can't be authentic without having courage. And then for you or someone else, right? Courage might be the winner of the actual one of the two seats, but authenticity might roll up into it. So there's really no right or wrong. It's just what really feels most genuine to you and whatever those core values are. And, and she talks about this in her work is that, you know, you don't just check those at the door when you walk into your office, those are still your guiding principles and the things, the beliefs that you believe are most important. And so sometimes we forget about that. And there's a big disconnect when we're at work, especially around money, because we get kind of scared or a lot scared and then we lose sight and lose our way. So we, I think honoring those core values in that space, especially around money can be so powerful. That's really interesting. I mean, it's making me curious about what my own core values would be if I actually had a list to kind of cater from, but the word that always comes to mind for me in terms of what's important to me, there's two things, it's connection and meaning. That's what drives mm, yeah. me. Right? And those are really helpful things for me to be in touch with in my relationship to money, just like you're saying, because I think when we aren't in touch with those things, it's easy to just go for more. We live in capitalist society, oh, American yeah. dream, you know, when you have a All massive that. home, then you're going to be happy, right? Like, and, right. and I've talked about this with other <laughs> podcast guests before, because it's so pervasive and it so robs us of our happiness yep. that 
you know, when you have this thing, you're going to be happy. When you have this status, you're going to be happy. And I mean, happy is a concept that's questionable in itself, but you know what I mean? Fulfilled, <laughs> For sure. satisfied, For sure. life is, you're going to have made it. Right, right. And if I think about that though, with a critical lens, thinking about my own relationship to connection, connection with when I bring money in though, doesn't just mean that it's connection at, you know, the cost of money, like seeing clients as low as I can or charging the least for my course that I can to get the most people in. Because what I've actually learned is if I undercharge for those things, that actually impedes connection. That's it. Because yeah. I'm exhausted because I'm doing too much. I might be feeling resentful because I'm not getting enough to be well. And now I'm putting that back on, you know, that client, if we want to talk in the therapeutic space, absolutely. But also something I've noticed, and this might seem like a contradiction, but by charging more, that drives people to work harder, which actually increases connection. Yes. Cause it means people yes. are going to show up more and I'm going to be able to use more of my superpower, which is connecting and encouraging and coaching. But I can only do that if somebody's bought in enough that they're going to show up. That's right. Absolutely. Because it's not a negligible expense for that. A hundred. Right. And so I'm actually going to be increasing the cost of the course in January. We're actually doing a launch right now, getting people in the door, at the 2021 price, because in order to deepen that connection with students, I've actually learned that I need to be charging more. So people show up even more and they get even more benefit from the course. Yes. A hundred percent. That's their investment, right? You know, the phrase skin in the game always comes to mind for me, but yeah, you are investing in yourself and you know, you're worth more than a little bit to invest, whether that's energetically or monetarily. Right. So yeah, everything you say, everything you just said, I would hundred percent agree with that. One of the biggest things that can help is that when we use those values and stay aligned, even in a money mindset with those values, then it's exactly what you said. We're sort of, I guess we can't inoculate ourselves <laughs> from resentment and being exhausted, but boy, does it help, right? When we're charging what we're worth and we can actually lean into that instead of being scared of it and leaning away from it and then building up all these other really detrimental things that are going to affect us personally professionally. And honestly, y'all the therapeutic result that we get the therapeutic outcome. If I'm sitting here doing work with you and I'm resentful and, you know, pissed off, we can't say that that's not going to affect the therapeutic outcome because it most definitely will. Right. And, and then of course that in turn affects your brand because then they go out and say, Oh, my therapist is always distracted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Then that affects your brand that affects turnover rates that affects conversion rates. Some people call like there's this huge domino effect. So it's really fundamental. Yeah. And I think as especially mental health therapists, but I know other healing practitioners as well, or coaches like I think it's easy for us to think that these things don't come into our work because we don't want them to. We want to have the fact that we're feeling exhausted. I remember once a client bringing up her second, she was going to Iceland for the second time. She was one of my sliding scale clients. I didn't feel good in that moment. I didn't feel, I didn't get to go to Iceland twice. I went to Iceland yes. for like three days on a layover. I would love to go back. It's very <laughs> expensive. Right. And so absolutely that comes into the work, but I think that we do sometimes like to tell ourselves that it doesn't and tell ourselves that our clients can't tell that we're exhausted or that we just had a little reaction to the fact that they're going to a cruise and we've never gotten to go on a cruise or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's absolutely, absolutely in the room with you. It can't not be in the mm -hmm. room. We are still human and it is with us and it's really, really difficult. And I think that's just exactly what you're saying is another reason why values can be so important because 
if we start to get in that space, we start to feel a little bit resentful. We're starting to get pissed off because, oh, <laughs> you know, my client just got the new iPhone 13 Pro Max or whatever, right? Yes. <laughs> and they're my sliding scale person. Yes. We, if we can go back to those core values and think about what do I need? What are my guiding principles? That really gives us a far clearer roadmap. If Even if we don't know what to do, it gives us a scaffolding within to work because then what we're going to do, whatever we decide to do is going to feel really congruent and genuine. And that always makes it better and more effective, whether that's easier to actually say the words, whether that's you're more willing to take the action. There's so many reasons why that sets us up to be more successful in whatever piece of this we're working on, you know, versus if I just stay resentful and irritated and stare at her new iPhone every time she comes to session, you know, it's just all out of whack and it feels out of whack. And that's where we get in all that schmoozy, icky feeling that makes us feel like we're not good business owners or we're not good clinicians. You know, it just, it's spider webs sort of out into everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what I'm really hearing here, Michelle, is just how important it is to be actually really connected with ourselves. Yes. Yes. And in touch with ourselves and how we're feeling or reacting, what our values are. But I also heard you mention earlier this piece around being connected with what is enough. And I, I want to spin that into success too. What is success? Can you yes. speak more about the importance of these things? Yeah, I think it sounds so elementary when I say it, but it, it is again, fundamental. I'll give you a personal example. You know, when I finished my MED to become a therapist, I thought, well, naturally I'm going to go get my PhD next. Cause that's what you do. Right. Again, remember recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's just what you do. And I had a friend who had just finished her PhD and she said, do you really want, do you ever want to teach in academia or is that a, a road you want to go down? I said, no, not at all. I want to be in private practice and, you know, I want to treat anxiety and trauma. And she said, then I would encourage you to think twice before you embark on a PhD. She said, you don't need it to do what you want to do. And she stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> That's a good friend. Like, That's a good friend. What? <laughs> Why would I not do that? That was me being out of touch and disconnected with my values and what was really enough. Right. But when I got authentic in that moment, I didn't know that's what I was doing, but when she said, you don't need it to do what you're telling me you want to do, I had to get really honest with myself. And it was kind of painful really when I thought, oh, I have to grieve this idea of getting my PhD because I don't need it. And I don't want to put myself through that or the expense of that if I don't have to, right. I did my MBA. I did my MED. Like I love school, but PhD takes it to a whole nother level. Right. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. So it, it brought up some mixed emotions. So it's really hard. And I empathize with, with everybody who gets confronted, you know, with themselves that, wow, I have to really think about this. Does this fit? And for me, what I thought was success, like, of course you go get your PhD and then you do the next thing. I had to get really authentic with myself and say, what do you really want to do? What's most important here? And when is it enough that you've got enough to do what you want? And so in that way, it was around the education, right? But the same is true around level of income. We get in that more, 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 and it just takes us into really dark places because if we look at, I've heard it called minimally viable income. That's the term I use when I'm coaching with folks, when this is an issue, like, what do you actually need to run your life as it is today? You may not need as much as you think. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we don't actually is what I have found. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So again, going back to those core values is really 
for me, being grateful for what I've got, grateful that I can slow down and think about that and take that into consideration. And then the authenticity, even when it's painful, because your values don't mean it makes everything rosy all the time. You know, sometimes there's something to grieve or there's, there's loss, or there can be, you know, some really dissatisfying feelings that come up. (laughs) Yes, certainly. But doesn't that feel so much better than whenever I choose to take the action going forward than doing it out of alignment or out of awareness, out of my own awareness, right? That just doesn't work out well, usually. No, it doesn't. And I think that's such a great thing to bring up because there's a couple of things it brings to mind for me. One is, of course, this idea of, of endless business growth, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's always six figures getting to six figures. And then when right. you get to six figures, strangely, the next milestone is getting to a million, right? So now you're supposed to go all the way up to a million, a hundred times more than six figures. Yes. And, or yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it never ends that road. So that's one side of it, right? Which is the endless business growth. But then the other thing that I see can be so pervasive, especially with social media is just lifestyle things, seeing other people do things or even just advertisement, like, Oh, Facebook advertising. It's been taken out at the knees by the iOS update. I have to say, but still it's incredible how they find you. Yes. Um, and I'll notice it in myself, you know, like, uh-huh. oh, that's a really nice bedsheet set, pair right. of shoes, like jewelry. I don't wear jewelry, Michelle. I don't need to wear right. stuff for jewelry. But, you know, but these they things, you. they do, they do, right? And I find it's often helpful for me to stop and really ask myself, honestly, how long would that actually make me happier for? Because there is going to be that little moment of dopamine when you first get it in the mail or <laughs> right. the first time you wear it. But like, yep. how much do these things actually improve our lives? And really being honest with ourselves about what does actually improve your life because it's very personal. Yes. And that's again, where the values can be so important because, okay, I might really enjoy those really fine bed linens, you know, for a couple of nights, but after a week, I'm not even going to recognize that they're different. Right. So when you think about your values, if I go back to authenticity and gratitude for me again, it's like, well, I don't really need that. It'd be nice, but I don't really need it. And, and I love that we're having this conversation just in general, Lindsay, because the universality of this experience is just, you know, being human. And there's so much shame oftentimes around it that we don't talk about it because, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm hoity-toity or, you know, I'm not going for the stars or I don't want to reach seven figures. Is somebody going to think I'm a loser, right? Or whatever. And it's so interesting. I was just started reading Will Smith's book that he just released called Will. And it was fascinating to hear him. Here's this super, super super successful person, you know, musician, writer, actor, producer, like all the things. And in his book, he taught, he shares about how he felt like, okay, well, I need more mansions. I've got seven cars. I need eight. I have two Grammys. I need three and always chasing that more. So, you know, it is so human. And I love that, you know, people like yourself can create space where we can share those thoughts and feelings because, they can feel pretty terrible in isolation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the work that I'm doing in the course, and I think in the work that you're doing too, Michelle, with your individual clients, it's actually finding the number for what is more, right? That's it. Like, cause mm-hmm. it is actually a number. There's actually a number there that means, okay, if I have this, in my case, it's like, I can pay for my, my son's 
great organic, you know, outdoor school where they eat organic food every day. Right. Uh, so that's <laughs> right. important. That's, that's there. It. Right. Yes. And I can save for retirement and then we can have, you know, our quarterly staycations with like a few day trips that are going to make all the difference. Like really looking at your specific numbers because those exist. Right. And you can actually Absolutely. sit down and look at your life and think honestly with yourself, as you say, connecting with your values, what really makes a difference for you? Cause I can tell you that for me eating really nice food, that doesn't do that much after a day or two. Right. But like going to like theater or music that just like makes my life. Yeah. It fills your soul. That's where money's really going to serve me. Right. So it's like really connecting with where can money do the most for you? What do you actually need? What are your real goals and kind of ignoring the noise? Yeah, exactly. Everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of my friends and people that I say this to, so feel free to make a ghastly face if you like. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I, when people say, oh, do you want to get a, a pedicure or a manicure? Well, I, I mean, I might be mildly interested in a pedicure, but I don't enjoy manicures. I don't like it. And I don't want to spend money on it. And I have friends who go every week, every other week, and it's really important to them. And the money serves them that way. For me, I'm like, I like to sit. It's very therapeutic and like Zen for me to paint my own fingernails. Well, if I ever paint them, (laughs) I don't usually, (laughs) (laughs) I don't either, but like that to me is an easy sort of watch a movie chill thing for me. And so I think what, what we're saying is in addition to knowing what that number is, the, the thing is, how do I continue to drive the bus of money in my life versus letting the money drive the bus for me? Because left to its own devices, it's going to take you to all kinds of places and make you feel all kinds of ways that generally aren't good. And so that staying connected with yourself and, and all of those, I mean, it's mindset, right? But that's why I love the values because it's it, the values give you some real concrete terms and sort of filters or lens, if you will, to look at that for yourself, for you individually, because your core values are different than mine. So the process we go through might look different, but it's going to serve us far better than if we're just, you know, chasing, chasing, chasing. And I think with that is the idea of being intentional too, because which, as you know, I'm a planner junkie and I (laughs) created a planner for therapists to try to help keep some of these things like marketing and networking and money on the radar because it, it can fall off so quickly, especially because we haven't been trained in any of this stuff. Being able to memorialize some of those things in your own handwriting can be really powerful and making those notes and staying engaged with those pieces can be so much more effective and And y'all, it gets so much less scary, right? When we do that on an ongoing basis. So I think that's really important too. Absolutely. Yes. And I have, I have your primed planner sitting right here with me Yay! (laughs) to name it. Michelle's uh, planner is the primed planner and it's for therapists and it is beautiful. It is so pretty. Um, And I, I absolutely agree with you. There is something very powerful about writing on paper, probably especially these days where we do it so much less and like looking in here, you have financial parts in this planner. We've got our uh, financial finesse section of like looking out your expenses. You've got financial goals parts in here, but I love how you've also blended those right in side by side with all sorts of other things to keep track of in business or that are important to us. Right. Right. to have, I would say meaningful and fulfilling lives to put my own language on it. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yes. I, this is, it's a beautiful planner. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It really has been a passion project and this is the third year. Well, going into 2022, that's the third year, third edition of the planner. And it's been 
so fun and so absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Um, And I've learned so much, but you know, again, that was one of those things again in business, when you're deciding, do I want to start another revenue stream or, you know, do I want to open a group versus being a solopreneur? All of those things for me, I could not find a planner to save my life that lasted more than a quarter. I would get bored with it or it didn't really function the way I needed it to. And so with my MBA, I was like, there are all these pieces of business. I know I want to keep on my radar. And so when I couldn't find one for probably two years, I was like, okay, well, forget it. I'm just going to create one. And then I thought, oh, I could put it out in the world. And then I got really terrified because, you know, but then again, the value of authenticity was like, no, I think this might be useful. So it's been, it's been a real joy and terrifying. Like I said, at times too. (laughs) I'm hearing the terrifying. Yes. Girl. You and have I, no idea. Well, you, I, yeah, well, you I do. I, do you, you know, I take that back. You totally know what I'm I talking do. about. And probably everybody listening knows what I'm talking about. Yes. But, but again, I love that the values can really guide us there. Cause that's when I was like, well, yeah, then I'm going to do it. Cause that's authentically what I believe. Absolutely. And that's there, so. exactly what I hear coming through as you're talking about this, right? Like similar to your process of creating the planner. That's how I made money skills for therapists. When I was like, oh, this thing doesn't exist this thing that I needed just isn't out there. Right. And so you make it, but it is very vulnerable to put those things out in the world because it is really coming from your heart. Yes. Right. Like this is an area obviously that you have like gifts. I remember you saying to me when we chatted once before that you're like an artsy craftsy person, like, you know, you get in the zone. And so this is just bringing together this perfect synthesis of all these different gifts that you have. But when we do that, and, and I feel the exact same way, my I guested in a mastermind yesterday with one of my business besties, and she introduced me as kind of like the perfect combination of spreadsheet and heart. I, was uh, like, I love that. that. <laughs> what an awesome compliment. I know. It's very <laughs> specific, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Love like it. I'm lo- love spreadsheets, numbers, but also like lots of heart and presence and warmth and like genuine care for the work that I do and the people I work with. That's your connection, right? But when we combine our special things in that special way and put them out there, it is very vulnerable and scary because we're not just like selling MLM products, you know, this is truly, uh, you know, something that is directly from us and our gifts. Yeah. And I think just you saying that little bit about that, you know, talking about spreadsheet and heart, like that's the connection piece, right? You can hear your core value shining out of that, right? So it helped you move into that space. So I think that's really quite lovely, actually. (laughs) So for the Primed Planner, Michelle, Mm -hmm. I guess, first of all, I want to thank you for talking with me today. We're starting to wrap up. There's so much to talk about. I feel like we could talk for so, so long. Probably good. (laughs) But for this planner, can you tell us more about it? Who is it for? Let's start with that. Who's it for? Yeah, I think really any helping or healing professional, I've had people from, you know, massage therapists, physical therapists, realtors, even I think solopreneurs, but I really created it again from the heart. It was for therapists because I was so shocked by how my MBA helped me in growing my private practice. Cause I never wanted to coach that was not on my radar at all. And it kind of just grew organically because I was getting all of these questions. And so I thought <laughs> to be really honest and authentic, I thought, how could I create a tool that was pretty and fun to use and maybe like trick these people <laughs> to, to get <laughs> engaged with their business, <laughs> right? Like if it's fun and pretty and I'm, I love stickers and colored pens and markers and like all those things, all my crafty ooze comes out with that stuff. But I really wanted to create something that was fun and aesthetically pleasing and super 
effective and functional. And so when I create stickers, I'm not just creating stickers for sticker sake. I want you to use them as time blocks on your calendar, right? So when you have CEO time, you have admin time, or you want to write that blog, you know, that you, I have different size stickers to block those times off in the planner so that that. those most important strategic things that only you as the CEO, if you own a practice can do, they go on your calendar as a time block. They're not just a task. And so I really think the planner, you know, I built it with therapists in mind, whether you're a clinician working in a group for someone else, or whether you own your own practice or own your own group, I think this planner could be for any and all of those folks. It's just been really interesting too, to see how people use it differently. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people like use it wildly differently, you know, put your own labels in there, change sections if you need to, because I really want it to be what can work best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I think that real ownership and and like just holding it here. I just had to say like, I'm a paper person. And the paper's uh-huh. so nice. Oh, good. <laughs> like it's such a, a tangible kind of like, you know, tactile experience with a planner. And I think this is why it took me so long to stop using planners. Eventually I did stop using paper planners. I feel like I'm confessing that right now, but yeah, there is something okay. so grounding about paper and pen. And I will say too, like in terms of writing out these numbers, that's something that I have people do in the course because it's so clarifying, but also I have done for brief periods of time, the exercise of actually writing down money coming in every day. Yeah. There is something so beautiful about writing out like, okay, today, this much money came in the door from the work that I love to do today, right. this much money coming in and like really amplifying and writing that it's so connective. And I can only imagine all the ways that all these neat little like sections that you have and prompts could help people connect with those things that can easily get lost in the shuffle of, of doing our work day to day. Yeah. Yeah, it really can. And so with the annual roadmap and then every month revisiting these areas that really sort of are the components of a business plan, which include of course, money, staying engaged and getting in the cadence of doing that. And, you know, between decreasing the fear and the overwhelm around it and also increasing your interest and staying connected. And then I think, you know, you're really setting yourself up for, for far more success. However you define that, because now you're in the know about your own business. And that's, I think the thing that gets us and, you know, the Achilles heel in so many clinicians career lives, because sometimes we want to ignore it and sweep it under the rug versus really look at it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we are going to have a link in the show notes for people to look at order the primed planner uh, for 2022. And Michelle, if people want to get into your world in other ways, is there a social media channel that's the best place for them to connect with you? Absolutely. Instagram or Facebook. I'm on both and it's at the primed practice in both cases and the primed planner posse say that 10 times fast (laughs) is a private Facebook group that um, folks that have used the planner, love the planner or any planner really can help. You know, we can all get together there and talk about the things that, you know, are wins for us and really support each other when we're aggravated because we don't know what to do next. So any of those channels would be great. And of course the primed practice is my website and just a little teaser, the primed planner is going to be on Trello with a e-course that I'm going to release probably in December sometime. So for folks like yourself who have transitioned out away from paper, but like something digital like Trello, where you can get it on all your devices. I'm really excited about that. Very cool. Great. And I think you mentioned that you had a promo code for our listeners for the planner, just to sweeten the deal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in the primed planner for 2022, the promo code is 
M N B is in boy, F is in Frank two. And of course, money, nuts, bolts, free two. So <laughs> M N B F two. If you order the primed planner for 2022, what that promo code will get you are two sheets of stickers and um, of the, like the most top selling stickers that we've got. So, and that would be the strategic time stickers that have CEO and admin time and then schedule changes where you can actually mark those changes out and keep your planner looking nice Lovely. and neat. <laughs> and I love these. I have the CEO and admin time stickers in my hand as we speak. And Wonderful. I love that you have these. I love that you have these because this is something in the course that we talk about is you need to block out the time. First of all, to do your admin, do your basic mm -hmm. bookkeeping, mm -hmm. stay on top of stuff. But also to be the CEO and to be the boss because you're, you're the boss. There's no one That's else it. running the show. So you need to set aside that time for that big picture thinking that only you can do. So I love how tangible this is to have these that you can put right into your planner. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really excited about them. This is the first year I've had those stickers. So I'm very excited. I'm glad you love them. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's been so inspiring to talk to you today. I love your, your take on values and connecting that to our work and money and enough Beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. I really enjoyed my conversation with Michelle. Definitely gave me some realizations of my own around my values and what might be my core values. I'm going to have to go check out this daring way Brené Brown work. But some of the values that I know are my most dominant values and how those connect to my relationship with money and how they don't mean that money is not important, but money can actually support me in living those values. Really interesting clarifying ideas from Michelle. And it was just such a heartfelt conversation. It, you know, you can feel that authenticity is one of her core values. That is very apparent um, in the way that she communicates and in the love that she's obviously poured into this planner. So if you are at all curious about the Primed Planner, go check it out. It is beautiful. I wish that you could see it, but it's a podcast. But it's so nice <laughs> to touch. A very nice tactile experience, really fun and accessible. And like Michelle said, it's going to trick you into thinking about some of the things about your business and practice that you might not want to think about regularly, but that are really important to running a healthy practice that's going to be supporting you. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Money Nuts and Bolts on Instagram. And today's episode is brought to you by my masterclass, The Four-Step Framework to Getting Your Business Finances Totally in Order. If you are curious about my course, Money Skills for Therapists, the price is going up next year by $700. And checking out the masterclass is your way to learn about my framework and my approach to helping you go from money confusion and shame to common confidence. But it's also your last chance to get into Money Skills for Therapists at 2021 pricing. Starting in 2022, the price is going to be $700 higher. And so if you're curious about the course, this is a really good time to jump in before that price goes up in 2022. So that is it. That is the end of season one of Money Skills for Therapists podcast. Thank you so much to all of you listening. Thank you for your emails with your kind words and your suggestions for future topics. Thank you for your Apple podcast reviews. 
It has been such a pleasure to share these conversations that I love to have with my graduates and my students and my colleagues about money. I love opening up this space to talk about this topic that we don't usually get to talk about, especially as healers and health practitioners and therapists. So we will be back in 2022 uh, in January with season two, and I look forward to connecting with you then.